Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 137 of The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How's it hanging? Good. Happy New Year, officially. Happy New Year to you. Wow. We did release a New Year episode last week, but it was recorded before the New Year, so this is officially our first recording session of the New Year. We're ready. And this is the week where I go through and, and write continuously write the wrong date on stuff. I don't know or if you've done that year. yet. Yeah. Or the wrong yeah. year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that all week long. So hopefully we'll have figured it out by the time this goes gets did published. You hear, did you see that funny meme going around where like the week between Christmas and New Year is the the, the week where no one knows what day it is? Like that is so funny. I, yes. Bumbling around. It's, I had no I would, idea. <laughs> I would say even the first week of January is a little bit mm-hmm. like that. So. Yep. Back to real life, people. So today we have a really fun part one of a two-part series, and we're calling it The ha- the Habits of Happy Moms. So we have yes. 10, 10 habits of most, I'm going to say mostly happy moms, because no mom is happy 100% All the of the time. time. No. And we are the last people to put that out there as if it's true. So, um, but we do, you, Megan, you wrote a book called The Happiest Mom. I wrote the book on being a happy mom, I'll have you know, so. Yes. I wrote a book called The Happiest Mom in 2010. Oh, maybe was it 2011. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but it was because I felt like online there was at that point it was becoming very confessional and like so many blogs were really gritty and real. And somehow the narrative was becoming like motherhood is this sort of miserable time of your life and there's no getting around it. It's just, that's how it is. Sarcasm and eye rolling, all of which has its place. It does. But it started to feel a little mean spirited towards kids at some point. I just, it just like, I just didn't like the feeling that we had no, that we had no agency or no ability to do anything to make ourselves enjoy motherhood more. So that was kind of where the idea of the book came from. And it was a lot of fun writing it. And um, it's been a while. So I'm actually really 
I'm really glad that we get to revisit some of those concepts and then some new ones, you know, that we've kind of thought up since. Yeah, exactly. So these are what we have come up with as habits that happy moms practice. And it can be at every stage of motherhood. That's another thing I really like about this is if you are brand new to motherhood, you might not be happy all the time. You might be covered in like various amounts of fluid, but it's great to start thinking about you know, habits to make you enjoy more than you don't enjoy, I guess, to right, balance exactly. in that favor. So yep. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart. Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. Okay, so this is going to be really fun. I think I am starting, right? You're, You're starting. So we're going to go back and forth. We're going to, yeah. Gonna and we're going to do a part two of this too. Yeah, so. so next week we're yeah. going to continue because you guys know us. It takes us, we got to get into It takes us thing. a while. We can't just list <laughs> off yeah. habits. We got to really <laughs> dig in. Um, so we're sort of completing the sentence, happy moms blank. Like happy moms do this. Um, and so my first one is that happy moms build relationships with the kids they have not the kids they once were or the kids they thought they'd have. So what I mean by this is I feel like we all have this image of what our baby's going to be like and then what our 
toddler is going to be like and maybe for you Megan what your teenager is going to be like and maybe that um, vision is brought upon by how we were when we were kids or just what we Mm. imagined motherhood would be like and lo and behold almost always the kid does not turn out exactly (laughs) the way you thought Um, and that I think that creates some tension for some moms maybe your baby's fussier than you imagined maybe you wanted a girl and you got a boy I mean there's all sorts of ways where Motherhood can sort of give you this child that isn't what you expected. Maybe there's maybe there's a learning disability or developmental delay or something that you just didn't even imagine. And I think one thing that I return to over and over again is the the kids I have are the kids I have. And of course, I adore them. And I think they're all amazing in their own way. But I enjoy motherhood. I'm happier when I'm sort of meeting them where they are and just accepting that these are human beings that I didn't, they're not mine to shape and form into this perfect vision. They, they have come to me largely well-formed. And of course I have influence and, you know, my husband and I have influence in how we raise them, but I just find myself so much happier when I'm building those relationships and connecting with the kids I have with, you know, all of their pluses and minuses and quirks and, you know, all of that stuff. So I don't know. I, I love that. And I think I would take that even like another step and say, um, especially with the, you know, the, I guess, perspective of having older kids is that kids will change and they will turn into people that you thought you didn't think they were going to become as well. So like, right. this is a lifelong thing. They might yeah. seem a certain way. I remember at one point, you know, um, someone made a comment to me, like easy babies often are difficult toddlers. And I realized, I think I was on my third mm-hmm. by that point. And I thought, oh, I wish I had, someone had said that to me when I was younger because I happened to have at least four of my kids. That was true. And so every time it was like a shocker, it was like, wait, they were so easy. And I kept telling everyone how easy they were and what a great sleeper they were and how calm and and all that. And that was with two of them. The other two was the flip flop. So the other two, it was like hard baby, easy toddler. And you don't even notice that you're just so relieved. You're like, Oh, but, (laughs) um, I had, so that I had very different experiences with the same kids at different stages. I have, teenage kids now who are not what I thought that they would be. And so sometimes it's hard to like the kid that you thought was going to be a great athlete doesn't care about sports say or whatever it is. And you had thought because they showed, you know, some promise at baseball when they were five, that that was going to be like the kind of kid they were going to be. And it turns out they grew into a different kind of kid. And so that, you know, there's so much like letting go of fantasy that happens in motherhood. Yeah. (laughs) And like the faster you can start letting it go and just letting it be what, like letting, like kind of just giving into reality. Yeah. I think the faster you could be happier. And I, and I also think um, on the day-to-day level, it, there's a lot more sort of tension or maybe tension's too strong a word, but um, it's more of an uphill battle when you are sort of expecting a kid to be something he or she isn't. When you yeah. can sort of meet that kid where they are, and I mean even the tiny babies, whether it's that they're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not responding to baby sign language the way you thought they were or whatever. Whatever isn't, working out the way you thought it was that sort of surrender and acceptance, I think allows us to enjoy our kids more because it's, you know, they're here. They think you're perfect as a mom, especially the babies, maybe not the teenagers. Um, And if we can sort of see them as perfect in their own way, and I don't mean that in, you know, a pedestal in in, you know, you know what I mean? So I think there's a little bit of surrender, a little bit of acceptance or a lot of acceptance here. And it's not just that the kid's 
don't turn out how we thought they would, but also we have to let go of how we were at that age. That's another big piece of it. And we've talked about that on the show before, Megan, is, you know, I might remember really well what it was like to be in fourth grade, but my fourth grader is a totally different person. So it's a it's a constant um, practice, I guess. But I do I do think it's tied to happiness. I do think happy moms are the ones who just can look those kids in the eyes and see them for who they are. And that's not easy. Yeah. And that requires some intentionality, which I think sometimes is the key to a lot of these like, you know, rules for being a happier mom. And so that kind of leads and dovetails really nicely with my first happy moms blank (laughs) habit. Um, And that is happy moms parent for their whole lives or their kids whole lives, not just this one day. And that Mm. really goes along with uh, what we've talked about so many times on this show, Sarah, talking about um, parenting for the long view or the big picture. And I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in this moment and you're tired or you're frustrated or your kid's embarrassing you, or you really just want that result. Like right now, like you Mm -hmm. really just want them to behave today. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think we start to kind of, um, defer or whatever to stuff that doesn't get you the goal you want in the end, which is preserving the relationship and helping them become self-sufficient people. It's kind of like, it takes a lot of work to train a kid to, you know, take out the trash. But if you never teach them how to take out the trash, they'll never take the trash out. Right. And it's like, what do you want now? Do you want it to be easy today? Or do you want in 10 years them to have a skill? Um, right. And it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. And I, that's a really hard thing to do sometimes, especially when you're in those really high stress situations or you're really tired, you know, yep. being tired is such a trigger and makes it so hard um, to make those kinds of decisions in the moment. Being stressed about publicly parenting can mm-hmm. sometimes make that difficult. But I think, again, it's just an intentionality thing. It's like, what is the outcome I want in five years? What is the outcome I want in 10 years? Like, how do I want this moment to be part of a bigger group of moments? Yeah. Um, And I I think it's, it's even harder when you have babies and really little kids, because I don't think I was very good at even imagining the future when I had like a newborn and a toddler, like really you just are so in it. You're living for that day. And there's so much to be done in that day. There are so many details. Um, But I know that as my kids have gotten older, and especially when I was done, like quote unquote, but not quotes, really done having <laughs> babies, um, it became a lot easier to picture what that, you know, like you said, parent for your whole lives and their whole lives, not just this day. So that opened up a lot for me as time went on. But I think if that practice and that habit can be applied even in the early years, just what freedom that is, that you're not going to mm-hmm. screw it all up on one day, nor right. are you nor are you going to win the parenting game on one day. You're not so, right. All those little all those days add up into a much bigger hole. They do. And so, yeah. And whether and, I mean, it can be anything and doesn't really matter what you're talking about. The only thing right. that, you know, maybe safety issues would be the one thing I would say was a little bit different about that. Right. But like, you know, even sometimes then the, even that can be sometimes a little more nuanced than we always allow ourselves to think. Yeah. But I agree with the newborns and, and little babies and little toddlers. That is the hardest time to think that way. Yeah, but I but I think it's a great opportunity to practice. That's why we have a lot of new moms listening to this podcast. So that's yeah. we we get to um we get to offer advice in hindsight that it right. was maybe hard for us to see in that time. So I really I really love that one and I think it's so true. So um okay, so my next one, happy moms prioritize rest for everyone. And I'm mm. gonna get more practical tactical here. I know it is not easy to get nighttime sleep if you are night the primary nighttime parent. So I'm not I'm not kidding myself that, you know, 
the goal is to sleep through the night or have your baby sleep through the night when they're 12 weeks old. That's not really what I mean. But um, the more we understand as a society how sleep plays into health issues and the more I read about that, the more I just see it as like kind of a fundamental human right. <laughs> like, yeah, we cannot. It is so bad for you to be chronically tired. And I, I don't want to shame anybody who's in that the trenches and is sleep deprived because we've all been there. Um, but I do think if you hold, and I use the word rest on purpose, not necessarily sleep, because I think there are times when you're getting up with a baby all night or your kid is sick and you just, you're just not logging the sleep that you need. And maybe that's even weeks or months at a time, but prioritizing rest, I think gives it a little bit of a broader, um, meaning and, you, I think there's ways to be gentle with yourself when you're sleep deprived. I wrote a post about that one that one time just about kind of self-care and, and other ways to take care of yourself when you're sleep deprived. And one of those is just resting, whether that is yeah. putting your feet up, whether it's, you know, removing some of your obligations for the day. Um, but I also think this applies for our kids. And I am a big advocate of my kids getting enough sleep and my kids getting enough sleep obviously for their health and well-being but also because <laughs> the more they are sleeping whether it's a napping toddler or just my kids sleeping at night the more time I have to recharge and part right. of that is me sleeping but part of it might be me watching a tv show with my husband so I just feel like I am happiest when sleep is not perfect because it rarely is but when sleep is a priority and if it isn't if people aren't sleeping, me or the kids, if I'm taking steps to remedy that in some way or offering myself rest in another way. So I guess yeah, just... Yeah. I, I mean, I look back at times of my life when I've been truly sleep deprived and it is the worst feeling. Like you really... It is so hard to function. It's so hard to feel like little things get blown out of proportion. Yep. Um, everything is just that much harder. And so, yeah, like you said, it's never going to be perfect. And Sometimes there's only so much you can do to actually force the sleeping issue. Right. But if I ever feel like it's getting like kind of spiraling, that's like number one priority for yep. me because I can't, there's no way to power through everything else until you've addressed that. Like yeah. you're just working, you're just climbing uphill really. There's, there's just gotta be, um, if you put that at the top of the priority list and you can kind of get that, if not completely figured out, at least addressed it's like everything else kind of falls into place under it but if you try to skip that yeah <laughs> and make everything else work around it and don't address the sleep or rest issue then it's much much harder so I totally agree yeah and and just to add one more thing since we're talking about kind of habits and ways to cultivate these habits um you know I think moms tend to throw up our hands and be like well I guess I'm not sleeping for the next five years and right. there's, there's an element of truth to that but if you think about the way we help our babies and our little kids learn to sleep you know we have the white noise going we have the routine we mm. sing them a song you know we have this wind down routine and there really are and you can read there's a million different self-care articles and stuff you can find online about this but there really are practical ways that you can help yourself get better sleep whether that's you know not reading on your kindle reading a paper book if the if the white light is bothering you so making that and this is kind of like getting into self-care a little bit more but i i don't think we need to just give up even in the seasons where it's hard to get maybe a full night's sleep, but right. I think we can still prioritize it and, and give ourselves the same, um, set ourselves up for success in the same way we try with our kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. 
I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. All right. So your do turn? I go next? It's my yeah. turn. Okay. So um, my next um, habit of happy moms is happy moms do things for the good of themselves and their families and not because of what other people think. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about that mm-hmm. a lot on the show as well. Like nothing good can ever come from you making a decision because you're worried what people will think if you make a different decision. And I mean, I would almost say that is a across the board rule that I almost can't think of any exceptions <laughs> for, yeah. you know, and it's so tempting, especially when you're a newer mom or if you've just moved, say, and maybe the culture of parenting is different in the place where you live now, or maybe your kids are moving into a new phase. Like, you know, sometimes you think, Oh, I'm so confident now. I moved past that phase where I was second guessing myself all the time. And then suddenly you have a kid who's not learning to read and everybody, everybody else's kids are learning to read or whatever it is. You know, you have a kid who doesn't care about their grades in high school and and like, then it can start all over again. You never really, you never truly, um, are immune to that feeling of embarrassment or pressure or shame or um, just, you know, not measuring up. And I think the only, the only really big, the only antidote really is to stop and just say to yourselves, why am I making this decision? Is it because it's what's best for me and my family and my children? Or is it because I feel pressured to, and almost every time I will say, if the answer is because I feel pressured to, then don't do it. It's not yeah. the right answer. Well, and don't you think it can be sneaky sometimes? Because I think we're pretty good at telling ourselves or or not 
stopping long enough to ask that question. And you might not even know that you're being really influenced by that kind of external pressure. You're and so, you know, you're right. It's very because sneaky. Well, because we start to think that other people's opinions are the right ones. Yeah. We start to internalize that. Like, oh, because everybody else does this, that's the right thing to do. So that is the right thing for my family. You do have to sometimes really stop and think hard um, yes. because it's not always a matter of just, it's not like you're necessarily going to be so confident in your own choices that you're going to even recognize them as good choices. <laughs> you know, it's right. like you really have to be intentional. It's that intentionality thing that and we I keep think coming back maybe- to. Maybe one antidote to that is really surrounding yourselves, whether it's your online community and like the social media that you follow or in real life, just surrounding yourselves with with a good variety and diversity of different types of parenting styles and different types of people. Because I know it is when you're in a bubble and everyone is doing something exactly the way you are. There's there's a part of that that's maybe comforting because you mm-hmm. feel like you're, you know, in the mainstream, whatever that mainstream is in that particular group or culture. But at the same yeah. time, it's very easy to be blind to the way other people do it and realize like, I whoa, totally OK, agree. well, this this might be right for me, but I might just be following the crowd and right. not even realize it because you haven't you haven't exposed yourselves to just different ways of doing things. So you're I've so always right. appreciated that div- diversity. I don't know if that's the right word, but just um, variety in the types mm-hmm. of parents I interact with. So, yep. Love it. I like it. Okay. So my next one, which I think is our last one for today, and it then is. we'll have part two next week is happy moms practice asking for help. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's a good one. we have to say practice because it never is totally easy. But the earlier you start and the smaller you start asking for help, I mean, I mean everything from asking your partner for help, asking your kids to help as they get old enough, and definitely asking other moms in your tribe for help, admitting when you need help. I mean, this is such, this is a Pandora's box of a topic. It really is. But, um, there's Didn't li- you write a whole blog post about this once? I think How so, to ha- ask for help. We should yeah. find it and link to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it might seem selfish, but I think practicing being selfish is actually another <laughs> good yeah. habit in a way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like getting good at doing things for yourself, for yourself and then also setting up your world so that other people are helping you. I mean, it is a little selfish, but you know, I mean, I'm not going to use the tired old cliche about putting on your airplane oxygen mask on the airplane. Yeah. Everyone's heard it. Did. <laughs> I know I did, but it's like, everyone's heard it. But we all know it's so true. And let's dig into this a little bit more though, because yeah. I feel like, you know, getting good at, pra- at asking for help, practicing that means knowing what you need. Mm-hmm. So like knowing what kind of help you actually need. And then mm-hmm how to ask for help effectively. Like, yeah. how do you get what you need? And instead of, you know, having that sort of open-ended thing that no one really knows how to deal with, like, how right. do you get really specific about yeah. getting what you need and want from other people? And um, and another you, thing is, how do you proactively look at your schedule and your life and start to be able to identify times when you might need help before you're in crisis. This is, this is a way that I think just gets easier with practice, but I can, now I can look at a calendar and be like, Ooh, that's going to be a little rough. Like that Mm -hmm. time period for whatever reason, whether it's, I need to organize a carpool so that I'm not, you know, stretched too thin in terms of driving around town, or I need to get a babysitter once a week because work is going to ramp up. So I think, um, that you get better at that with time, but in the beginning, sometimes you you don't and you're just you're in crisis. And then it's even harder, I think, to just figure out what do I need? Yeah. My sister just had a major health scare um, about a month ago mm-hmm. and was hospitalized for a very long time. And when it first happened, 
so many people were, you know, coming out of the woodwork and saying, do you need me to take your kids? Do you need anything? And when I, and I did, it was very easy at that point to say, yes, please take my yeah. kids. Like I need, I really, really, really needed the help. So mm-hmm. it was sort of a, a, like a crisis, yeah. um, an acute moment where I really needed the help. But then what I realized that the things that people were doing for me are things I could ask them to do anytime. Like there was nothing that special about taking my yeah. kids overnight so I could go visit my sister. It's just not the kind of thing I would typically set my life up around enough to ask so like those are all things I would do for a friend in a heartbeat and I think we've talked about this too as well Sarah um get good at giving help Mm -hmm. and give it when you are able to help people give help copiously because the more you help your friends the more they'll feel like they'll want to reciprocate and it's not because it's not tit for tat and it's not about reciprocation but it's such a win-win like Helping other people allows them to help you, which yep. makes everyone feel good. It's like this, you know, and, and it, it makes it front and center in their minds. It and does. then you don't feel awkward about ask, like calling in a favor because you know you're kind of even Steven. Like, you're, yep. you know, it's give and take. There's I something. Just, it, it's very, like putting money in a bank. Yeah. And there's something very vulnerable about both asking, but also giving help. It's, there's, it's an intimacy in a friendship. If we're talking about, you know, fellow moms, that it will bring you closer to your friends. It will take guards, you know, like bring guards down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and again, we don't have to wait till we're in crisis, but if you do, that's okay too. It, there's so many good things. I'm also, I think we should extend this practice asking for help around the house because this is different. And now we're talking more about, you know, our, our partners and our kids, but I've talked a lot on this show that my kids have been getting into these ages where they're more capable around the house. And you just plain forget that you don't have to do everything yourself. And you are so in that phase right now. I'm I out am. of that phase. I make them do everything now, but like, I remember, Remember the awkwardness. Yes, and you've of been readjusting huge, my brain. Yeah, and you've been a huge inspiration because you happen to write a lot of blog posts about that as as you were kind yeah. of going through it, and as your older boys were like eleven and in yeah. those ages. Um, that you know, I have learned a lot from you, but I still notice myself, you know, and I practice it daily to say, you know, mom, can you can you get this for me, or can I, you know, and I just say, help yourself, you know, like right. do it yourself, <laughs> yeah. very cheerfully. It that is a long process of training your kids, and it starts with it's really no different. It's just a different spin on it. Identifying, identifying what you need help with or what maybe doesn't need to be done by mom and, and asking for help and whether you need to call a big family meeting and make a chore chart, if that works for you, great. But if it's just little things like realizing your kids are now old enough to unload the dishwasher and do you just start simple? You just ask somebody to unload the dishwasher and you teach them how to do it. And yep. so, um, yes. Yeah, so happy moms practice asking for help, whether it's, <laughs> the you know, it's stuff. almost like, I know that it's, it's hard because it's such a big thing, but I almost wonder if like a good starting point is before you do almost anything, just ask yourself, do I need to be the one doing this? Like yeah. really, that's how I think you change that yeah. mindset. Yeah. And yes, often the answer is going to be yes. Like, yeah. yes, I am going to be the one who, you know, gives myself a bath or whatever. But like, <laughs> I think sometimes it just stopping and asking that question before you just knee jerk jump yep. into something. And then if the answer is no, it doesn't have to be me. Then I guess for me, the next question would be, but do I want it to be me? Because there are things right. I like to do and I want right. to hang on to. Um, but if not, then who, you know, right. and just like, we can go down a line, like a very, and it's best to start asking for help when you don't you're not in a crisis because then you can just do it a little more strategically and a little more naturally and a little less like you're just reacting. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we all know those moms, unfortunately, who are just really control is really important to them. Letting go of control is really hard. And we all have a streak of this in us, but I think we all can picture somebody who's truly unhappy because they haven't figured out a way to ask for help or to 
set boundaries or to communicate what they need. And we don't we don't want we don't want to be that moms. We don't want any of our listeners to be those moms. So it's like it's like the person at work or at PTO or whatever who wants to do everything, but then they can't do it well because it's impossible to do well. Yeah. And they're grumpy and and beleaguered and martyry at all times. And the stuff doesn't get done. Right. Because nobody can do everything well. We people some people are very good at hiding it and acting like they are, but it's impossible. It really is. So, yeah. Yeah. Love that one. All right. Um, I have one more thing I want to mention that's not a happy mom habit, but it is that our friend KJ Delantonia, who's a writer and for a long time was the editor of the um, Motherload blog at the New York Times, which then became Well Family. Um, and KJ has a book coming out this year that is about becoming a happier parent. So as we were planning this, I thought, oh, we should mention that. I'm going to have her on the show, but it will be later this summer. Um, but she sends an email newsletter that's just really encouraging. Uh, actually, Megan, her writing reminds me of what drew me to your writing years ago, which is like so practical mm-hmm. without sugarcoating anything. But but there's always something I haven't thought of. So it's not obvious either. Um, and so I will link to KJ's email sign up in our show notes. But I feel like if you like this topic, first of all, I think it's going to be a great book and we'll have her on the show. But it's a little early for that. So her email newsletter is great. And it is a lot about these same type of topics. So I wanted to give her a shout out. And she's KJ cool. Del Antonia everywhere online. We're big but fans. I'll, yeah. And I'll link to it in the show notes. So, well, this was really fun. We have a whole, we have five more whole habits for you guys for next five week. whole habits that you get to hear all about if you tune in next week tune in next hour. week if you feel inclined <laughs> to share this episode with a mom friend who maybe hasn't heard our show we would love that maybe they'll even that. subscribe and then next week you know we'll pop up in their feed and there'll be a new subscriber we would love that so that would actually be a nice way to help a friend Yes, help a friend. Thereby, in turn, allowing you to accept help from that friend. Exactly. (laughs) See how it all works out. All right, you guys, we will be back next week. Everything we talked about will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 137. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.